This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday. It's the 28th of December, 2023. And today is the story of Be My Eyes. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you enjoying your week off? How are you enjoying the uh, holiday uh, festive <laughs> period of uh, re- loving it. relaxation oh. and reflection? <laughs> well, obviously, you nearly forgot the date there. So you're obviously getting a little bit uh, punch drunk or maybe just drunk on punch. Who knows? Do you like that one? I think someone would like to punch me, um, possibly whilst drunk. I don't know. Um, who could that be, Sean Priest? Uh, but yes, uh, today and indeed all this week, we are looking back at some of the big stories of the year. And there's no denying the biggest story, I think, in our blind community has to be uh, Double Tap continuing to remain on air. I mean, that has been a huge story, uh, frankly, for the whole year. Uh, yes. we, we remained on air. We remained uh, uncancelled. Yeah. <laughs> we are sustainable. We Who are sustain- knew? <laughs> I never thought that was true on any level. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're no seriously. The, the big story, of course, is be my eyes. It has to be be my eyes and the be my AI companion. Now, it's really interesting because in today's show, we're going to be listening back to the conversation and really getting a bit of a, a, a sense of what the story of be my eyes is. We're going to be hearing from Mike Buckley, who's a CEO, and of course, one of the original founders, Hans Weiberg, as well, joining us to talk about the, the history of uh, Be My Eyes as a company. Really, it's kind of going back to the early days of when this idea came out that you know humans could help other humans using an app. I mean, a very simple idea, and how that's evolved into AI, computers helping blind people. I mean, it's kind of kind of gone in an interesting way, really, when you think about it. But or perhaps more importantly than anything else, the human element of Be My Eyes, never to be forgotten, and still very much alive and well. In fact, it's, it's kind of growing every day. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. I love the Be My Eyes story, because it's been going for quite a while now. But the whole way it, it started, you know, the idea from idea to actually existing, I don't know, it's just an amazing story. And you're absolutely right. You know, we, we, I always say, uh, you know, I'm always positive about the world out there. But when you look at the numbers of Be My Eyes, the number of volunteers to the number of visually impaired users, you know, we're talking, the ratio is amazing. There's millions of volunteers out there. It's such a great service. And more than that, I think the, the Be My AI, it just shows how forward-looking the, the team at Be My Eyes are. They're always looking to improve. They're not just sitting back, as I would if I invented that's it. That's that done. That's that finished with. They are, no, always looking how they can make it better for the end user. It's absolutely amazing. It's funny you say that, actually, because, yeah, they could have just said, you know what, that's what we do. That's it. This is what we do. This is our, our approach. And, you know, it's continuing to be successful. It's never really lost its its appeal. I see so many messages from people on Twitter. Funnily enough, on, on Twitter, a lot of the time, people saying, you know, I just I just helped someone with a call. I, I got through and, you know, or someone got through to me and, and I helped them do something. And then you see blind people saying, hey, you know, I just made a call with Be My Eyes. I got amazing assistance. And it's weird, isn't it? Because you would think, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean this in the nicest possible way, but I uh, kind of think maybe a little bit more negatively than you might. So I'm always thinking, ah, how many complaints must they get? Or how many volunteers aren't that great? And I never hear a bad word against. I don't think I've ever heard a bad word against a single person who's ever had a service. I'm not saying it's not happened, but I'm just saying it doesn't seem like it's ever surfaced in any way. And it, of course, you know what the internet's like. If something bad happens, we'll hear about it. No, if there was any issue, look, every service is going to have some issue. But even where, like, the worst experience I've ever had has always been a really polite volunteer that maybe hasn't understood exactly what I needed. Again, these aren't trained, no, um, exactly. you know, in in every disability in helping visually impaired people per se. They're just taking their time, and if they can help, they will. And a lot of that comes down to sometimes how I communicate the actual what I'm looking for, yeah. <laughs> rather than just say, "Hey, can you help me do this?" It, you know, sometimes I'm not I'm not describing as well as I should. So, um, yeah, I haven't had any issues. Uh, the point I was going to make is that the Be My AI, this feature, I think maybe has turned more people on to the actual human aspects of Be My Eyes. I mean, because I still find it amazing that there's people out there that say, no, I've never heard of it. But mm. Be My AI, with all the focus on AI, has been a huge success. And hopefully it will show people, you know what, the human aspect also is something you should definitely look into. Well, let's get right into it then. So this is going back to our conversation with Mike Buckley, uh, who is the CEO of Be My Eyes, and Hans Weiberg, one of the original co-founders of Be My Eyes, uh, joining me for a conversation. And, you know, I have to say, just, just a really interesting and open conversation about the history and the future of Be My Eyes. Uh, this is such an exciting story, and it is the only real topic that has ignited uh, you know, a fire of conversation in our community. Everyone wants to know about this. And, you know, of course, everyone's talking about AI. Everyone's talking about ChatGPT. And now it's into the blind world, courtesy of Be My Eyes. Um, Mike, I want to start with you. Uh, I, I, really, I think a lot of people would love to understand a bit more about how the partnership between Be My Eyes and OpenAI developed. Yeah, uh, thank you, Stephen. And first of all, thanks for having us. And I apologize. I'm, I'm I'm nursing a little bit of a cold, so if I sound odd, I apologize or if I cough. <laughs> apologies to the listeners. Um, I had approached OpenAI uh, in late December, early January, to talk about ways of doing work together. I, I thought that there were potentially useful applications of the technology for our community, um, but the talks really weren't going anywhere until they called me on, I think it was February 2nd or February 1st, I can't recall. And they said, hey, Mike, can you keep a secret? And I said, sure. I, do, we, do I need to sign an NDA or what, what do I need? And they said, no, don't worry about paperwork. It's more about, you know, trust with us. And they told me about the tool. Um, they gave me a demo to play with. And they said, will you be our launch partner? And not only that, you'll be our only launch partner on the visual recognition tool. And I said, look, I'm very excited about this. Let me get back to you. And I called hands and I called some of our uh, other team members and let them play with the tool. And I went back to them the next day and I said, look, we, we really want to do this, but there's something that you need to know about our philosophy and our community. And that is, that we provide our services for free. Is that okay with us? Are you going to charge us a lot of money? Are you going to charge the community a lot of money? And they said, no, that's fine. We'll work with you under those parameters. And 
we were off to the races and five and a half weeks later, we, we launched the product and it's been a, a remarkable, remarkable experience. I can't believe it happened so quick. That's incredible. It was, um, it was definitely a sprint and we had a, <laughs> we had a, a few false steps as you would imagine, but um, I, I'm really incredibly proud of our engineering team, Stephen, um, who took this seriously. We, we dropped everything else as a company, right? Mm. Because you have to. And, uh, and, and they built a beautiful UI and uh, incorporated voiceover, right? Which is obviously a must for our community and uh, made this, at least according to the beta testers to this point, a very easy uh, experience. So Hans, I mean, from your perspective on all of this, being the, the founder of this fantastic app and, and being a huge part of its future, I mean, Be My Eye started off as essentially an application. You and I talked, I remember at the beginning when you and I talked about how this app was developed and it was really a way to help people through volunteers, through people who just gave their time. Technology has really caught up with that in a big way. What's your take on all this? Well, <laughs> uh when when Mike called me and said that there was somebody who had developed this uh, feature where you can uh, get the picture described, I was like, "Yeah, we have seen that. It, it's it's interesting, but it's not really working that well." Uh, but then I got to play around with it, and I'm like, "Whoa, this <laughs> this is something else." Um, so I was very very uh, excited. Um, and and of course we we also spoke about this. Uh, what about our volunteers and so on? And but we also uh, immediately realized that um, we we do have a, a quite a group that is hesitating to call uh, a human being. Uh, and I'm sure they will love this feature. But we also have a big group that would rather talk to a real human being uh, where they can have this back and forth and ask questions and, and uh, have the guidance um, that you can get from a, a real person. Uh, and also the, the small talk that goes with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so we, we absolutely have uh, a need for this feature for a, a large group, but we also have another group that will will absolutely stick to the the live volunteers. Uh, so this is something we have needed uh, always, um, and I'm super super proud that we are uh, in the forefront of, of this uh, amazing development. So, mm. And Mike, you know, you mentioned about the fact you had contacted OpenAI, and I think this is quite interesting for a lot of our listeners to learn about that that. Essentially, why you would have contacted them, because I think a lot of people think that Be My Eyes is what it is, and it does a fantastic job. And of course, you've done incredible work at Be My Eyes, bringing on companies and specialist support, as well as having the human volunteers. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people that suddenly it was, in, you know, moving into this world of AI and bringing in this new technology as it did, and obviously having this partnership with OpenAI. But the fact that you made that call does that tell us that? You were thinking ahead on this as well. You were looking at what ChatGPT was doing. Is this something you were kind of thinking, hey, we need to get into the into this space? I don't know that I that I knew that, Stephen. I mean, I don't and I certainly don't want to take a lot of credit for something that I didn't really anticipate. But what I will tell you is this. Our mission is to make the world more accessible for the 250 million plus people who are blind and low vision globally. And if you look at the advancements in AI some of which appear as though they're going to be quite profound on a societal level, you know, you have to believe that there was the potential to help our community. 
that combined with kind of the data that we have from our app, from our, our community about barriers to usage made me make the call. And, and, and I'll share that data with you. We, we, we did a poll of our users and 23% of them said that they didn't make a call because they don't want to take a volunteer away from someone else who might need them more. Hmm. Right. Which means we, we've done a poor job of communicating how, how, how many excess volunteers we have, but it was interesting to me. It also speaks volumes about uh, the kindness of our community generally. Right. Um, The second barrier to usage was I have discomfort with calling a a stranger who's a volunteer or a paid agent. And, you know, the people that we talked to said, look, what if my kitchen's messy? What if I didn't make my bed that day? You know, maybe I just don't want someone in my house. And then the third reason was, and this was the third highest mentioned was I feel less independent when I have to call another person. And so Mm. You have to believe when you see that, that you've got to think about ways to change your product or augment your service to help people o- overcome those very legitimate barriers, right? And what we've seen now through just the beta test of this launch is this not only addresses those barriers, but also just provides a choice, right? That's all we want. We want our community to have a choice to um, and, and the power, Stephen, right? to take care of their own needs in any way that they choose. And that's really what this is about. Yeah, no one's no one's going to accuse you of trying to get rid of volunteers because what would be the point? <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no value in that, right? I mean, it ultimately it is about choice and you know, I think that's the great thing about this because of course you can see that, you know, you've got this fantastic base of volunteers. Now, I'm I'm right in saying am I still right in saying that the number of volunteers significantly outweigh the number of blind and partially sighted users. Is that right? Yeah, there are about 6.3 million volunteers and wow. about half a million people who are blind or low vision. Which is, is incredible when you think about it. There are 6.3 million people at this point. It's the largest digital volunteer organization in the world. And you know what's also incredible, and I'm, I know you will see this all the time, but every time I smile when I see a tweet from someone who says, Oh, I just got my first Be My Eyes call today. <laughs> I helped someone do this. And, you know, they were so thankful and I was so pleased to help. It just, it's, it's all feel good. There's nothing negative about it. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard a bad experience either, which again is incredible. You know, every, every call I've ever made on Be My Eyes has been a positive one. And it's helped me. And even when, so, I remember once, and you wouldn't even call it a negative, it was just someone who was in a rush, who answered the call clearly, maybe too quickly, and they said, I'm really sorry, I can't. And I said, no problem, no problem, but thank you for taking the call because, you know, what you're doing is so important. And I think that person was really upset. They had to jump on their train <laughs> to get to where they were yeah. going because they kind of really wanted to help out. And that says a lot about the people. But when it comes to the AI, this is interesting because this is a problem which I don't think a lot of people fully understood. Even in our own community, I think a lot of people who, who were using Be My Eyes weren't even thinking about those who were really nervous about picking up their phone and using Be My Eyes as a service. So that's really interesting. In that survey, did you ask people about AI and if they would use that to communicate? We didn't. Um, this was this was several months ago, so it was really before we were aware of this. But we will go out and uh, report back to you and others uh, what they say. We've also, uh, Stephen, made a commitment to release a public report about the beta test with, you know, warts and all, um, good, you know, good use cases, bad use cases, what's working and not based on uh, the beta testers feedback. 
Uh, Hans, you know, from your point of view, again, this is just an incredible improvement and, you know, another great choice when it comes to the way that we as blind people can get assistance. Well, uh, yes. Um, and uh, what uh, really, really fascinates me about is the, the, that you can, you can not only get something described, but you can actually ask questions uh, back to uh, the uh, description uh, and, and get some further information about uh, something specific. Um, uh, I, I took a picture of uh, two cartons uh, that I had in my fridge and, and I uh, uh, asked uh, which one is the milk and how much fat does it contain? Uh, or th I think I, it was the yogurt I asked, <laughs> but nevertheless. Um, and, and the answer came back with uh, it's the yogurt on the right, and uh, it contains uh, 3.5% uh, fat. Um, and I could have asked, what color are these, uh, or uh, something like, or what brand is it, or something. But, but I could ask a specific question to this picture, and, and I got exactly that answer. Um, and, and that's just uh, mind-blowing, I think. Um, and also, um, I took a picture of my remote control, <laughs> and, um, and I got a description of, every single button. Uh, I mean, I have some super smart friends, but none of them would be able to <laughs> explain all. all. <clears throat> I mean, we all have these uh, 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 remote controls with uh, 500 buttons, and, and we have no idea. We can uh, turn the volume up and down, yes. basically. Um, <laughs> and, and so so sometimes it, it's uh, way better than uh, any human being. Uh, but in, in, if I need to turn on my washing machine, uh, then I would absolutely like to have a real person uh, who can uh, tell me, okay, you need to turn the, the dial uh, three knots down and, and now it is uh, on uh, 60 degrees or whatever. Um, so, so there is a place for, for both these uh, things. Uh, but as Mike said, now you have the choice uh, and you can do what fits you in in, in one specific uh, situation. Um, and the fact that we can do it for free is... Um, that has always been uh, the philosophy about Be My Eyes because we, we know that, yeah, the, the blind people in Denmark and uh, UK and, and so on, they might be able to, to pay uh, for uh, services. Uh, but most blind people in this world, they don't have that choice. Um, so, so that's why we also want to uh, provide this uh, service for free uh, to everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, Hans, you talk about, you know, your first experience of this. And I know myself, you know, when you bring OCR or you bring any kind of AI into the world, you know, I, I remember trying one of my with my wife years ago, an app called AI Poly, which I think is no more. And um, I pointed the camera at my wife's face and it told me she was a Labrador. Now, you can imagine how well that went down. And, uh, you know, I must say, Mike, I did learn my sofa is very comfortable to sleep on. But, um, you know, that's the, that's the downside of AI, right? But, but that, was, that was like 10 years ago, right? And who would think that in 10 years, even in 10 years, although things move very quickly, to get to the level that we've gotten to, this company, OpenAI, have done an incredible job here building this technology. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, you guys have partnered in the way you have because it shows what's capable. There is something interesting, though, about how whenever this new technology seems to come out these days, blind and partially sighted people tend to be at the front of the queue, which is kind of unusual. What do you think, Mike? 
I think it's about time, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, you know, Hans has this point that he makes all the time to our team about how this is blind people leading right now, which is awesome. And, and we ev- literally almost every day, we, we talk about this as, as a responsibility that we have, right, to make sure that our community bends this technology to their needs. Um, Stephen, I'm sure you've had a lot more experience with this than I have, but I have gotten story after story after story from members of the community who talk about, I am sick and tired of having technology thrust upon me, right? Mm. You know, oh, you've given this to me. No, no, no. Why don't you do this with me, right? So our design and iteration philosophy on this is to make sure that we're moving thoughtfully and cautiously with direct impact uh, feedback every day from members of the community. We want to build this with the community to make sure it's truly serving their needs. So let's dig in a little bit to the the tech itself and how this actually works. At the moment, everything's in closed beta. So you have to be on the beta program to get access to Virtual Volunteer, which is this new service, which will be rolling out. When do we think? Do we we have a date when it may come back? I hope it's a couple of months, Stephen, but I'm, I'm hedging because it's really going to be dependent on the feedback of the community and the data that we see. We need to make sure it's working and, and that it's safe, et cetera. And so, um, but I hope a couple of months. Okay, so for people who haven't seen this yet or, or, or are trying to get their head around how this works, you're essentially uploading an image or a number of images, and then you're querying information about those images, correct? Exactly. So talk us through that. So, so in your case, Hans, you took an image, you took a picture of the cartons of milk. Then you just ask a question like you would ask... A volunteer, I guess. Yes, uh, and if you are a little lazy, you can just uh, prompt in a question mark uh, and then su- submit. Oh, really? <laughs> and then, and, and then <laughs> see, see see what happens. Um, but you can also you can you can ask uh, what are the colors of this uh, shirt or which one is the yellow one. Uh, uh, if if you kind of know what, uh, but but you can also uh, hey, I, I would like to know what's actually on this picture. Have I taken a usable uh, picture? And then you can start with a description and then you can say oh okay yeah uh, it's a picture of uh, three shirts on a bed and then you can say okay which one is the yellow one for instance or what color are they or something like that um, so um, and it, it's yeah super super simple yeah mm. Now, obviously, like I say, everything's in beta at the moment. I keep saying that because, you know, things can change. And, you know, obviously the way you, you present this can change dependent on how the, the feedback goes and everything else. But I, I do want to ask about data because everyone's concerned about data and rightly so, I think, privacy and all the rest. And and I think this leads to a, an interesting discussion around what we would use this for. First off, where is the, the picture that I'm taking? And when it goes into that app, where does it go? Does it does it go to the cloud? Does it go for processing? How does that work? Yes, and then and then uh, we don't store the image currently. I don't know if we're going to do that in the future. I think it's really going to be dependent, Stephen, on if we think that storage will help us create a better tool. Over, but yes, it goes to the cloud, and then and then you prompt it, and then the information comes back that way. Um, there, there are. I do want to answer all the questions about data, but there are other things about the technology as to to why the picture is superior. So I hope we can get back to that. But yeah, of course, I don't, I don't want to duck this question. So um, the the other thing that I would say about data is, if you look at what OpenAI has done in other areas, I think that they're moving in a really encouraging direction here. Right? They just announced a, a week or two ago, for example, that 
they are making it um, opt-in only for developers if they want to share their data or not. And so um, I, I think we're not seeing a move on their part to kind of capture everything or suck up all, everything uh, into their systems. And they're really going to make that about uh, different companies and different developers' choices, which seems to me a really smart move, not only for our community, but just generally. But you're right when you say that there is a challenge here because you do have to have data in order to improve the entire system. That's how these things improve. You know, the reason our Amazon Echoes are smart and continue to be smart is because it listens to our voice, analyzes what we say, not in any nefarious way. It does it in order to improve itself. It's part of the reason, I think, why we've had issues with Siri for so many years, because it doesn't do that, arguably around privacy. So it's, it's that balancing act I think we have to strike. Uh, as companies have to strike, I think, more importantly. 100%. It's about transparency too, right, Stephen? Well, right. that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you go right back part. to the choice, right? Like, like, like there are certain services in my life where I see a value exchange where I'm willing to give up a certain amount of data, right? Because of the value that I receive from the product or service. And so as long as it's transparent and as long as the person on the other end of the equation has a choice, I, I feel a lot more comfortable. So that leads me to my next question around data and privacy, because you know one of the things that we talked about, Hans and I, you've, you and I have talked about this before when uh, we first talked about Be My Eyes years ago. Um, I remember us talking about the situations you would use Be My Eyes in. So for example, I've got a bank statement in front of me and I want to query what the balance is on this bank statement. And the general advice at the time from Be My Eyes was, yeah, do you know what? You're talking to a volunteer we don't verify them. We can't be sure that, you know, we don't know what's going on in the other end of that call. So, you know, truth be told, things like that, very personal, private stuff that could identify you, that could identify location or identify bank details, you probably don't want to do. When it comes to the open AI side of it, this is something which I can totally see, me especially, wanting to use this for. Will it be safe to do that? Would you advise that? To be honest, um, I, I don't exactly know right now. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it uh, in, in the beta test uh, uh, at all. Uh, but I hope we can bring this to a position where we can uh, advise people to do that because that would be a great way to uh, to get these kind of information. Um, uh, but I, I'm simply not able to, uh, I don't know if you, Mike, uh, can can. Can we give a straight answer to that question uh, as it is right now? I don't think so. But Stephen, I hope we get there, right? Like in a few, if we get to a system where there's a mutual agreement and a definitive path where the data is not stored anywhere, think about the freedom that that's going to give yeah. and the power that that's going to give. You know, Hans and I talk about this all the time, and, and he and I have not been doing a lot of sleeping these days because <laughs> we just... We keep coming up with other use cases and other ideas and ways that this needs to be deployed for the community. And, you know, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an overwhelming kind of feeling that we have right now because I, it feels like we're on the verge of a profound societal shift here. And we may be able to, in, in the not very distant future, create kind of a highly personalized digital assistant for multiple facets of your life. And if we can do that in a in a privacy protected and safe way, 
it's 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 the greatest advance in our mission that we will have ever had in our in our history. And so we're incredibly excited about that. That is uh, Mike Buckley, of course, CEO of Be My Eyes, uh, telling us about the history of uh, the company. We're going to hear more from him and also uh, from Hans Weiberg next here on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And time to get into uh, the weeds a little bit more with uh, Mike and Hans talking about the company Be My Eyes, but also the new Be My AI feature. And we moved on in the conversation to talk about the way that the images are processed and how the images are able to pick up so much detail. One thing you did mention earlier that I thought was quite interesting was you talked about the, the superior image that essentially this this technology uses. Now, are we talking here the quality of the image itself? Or are we talking that the way that this open AI is able to identify and analyze the image? Is that, is no, that it's the, it's the recognition, Stephen. The recognition is leaps and bounds ahead. So my daughter was playing uh, a video game in the living room. And I stood in the corner way back and I took a picture of the entire living room and a little bit of the television. And I asked the tool, what's on the TV? And it said, it appears to be the video game Fortnite, which was developed in blah, 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 blah. A person's about to jump out of a, out of a bus. Wow. And, it, it, and then I said, can you, can you explain that to me in Hindi? And it did. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, it, it, the, 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 the recognition of the, of the actual image itself is not only superior, but you combine that with a much higher degree of analytical and contextual prowess. Yeah as well as the ability to converse back and forth and acquire more information. So yes, that picture is a box of pasta. How do I prepare it? 10 minutes to El Dante perfection, according to Barilla, <laughs> right? Can you suggest a recipe? Yes. Here's a recipe off the Barilla website and it gives you that. And so, so it's not, it's, it's, it's the power of the image, the added layer of context, and then the ability to have a conversation. And the, the final thing, Stephen, that I don't think we, we told you is our engineers have built in prompts where if the tool's not able to answer a question or it's not sure, it prompts the user to, to with, um, would you like to be connected with a volunteer? Because I'm not certain. Oh, that's Which is kind of brilliant. a cool feature. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of cool because it, it knows when it is less than 95% sure. Uh, don't ask me how it does. <laughs> but 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 it, it kind of knows, uh, am I 95% sure of this? And if not, then you will be prompt to call a volunteer uh, to, to make sure. I mean, if this is the way it's going, this is going to be really interesting, right? I mean, it seems you can pretty much do anything you want with this GPT-4 and, and, and GPT generally. Uh, and, you know, the, the capability is just incredible. But again, it's about harnessing it, isn't it? It's about harnessing it and almost trying to tie it down into something so that it can be tangible. And I guess I wonder what that means for volunteers. Do you think that day will come where volunteers will be less utilised than, than its AI counterpart? It's certainly possible on some level, right? You know, if 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 I don't need to call someone to to get the expiration date on the carton of milk, maybe I won't, right? Um, but maybe I do prefer that human voice on the other end of the line. You know, this is, and it's really that goes back to the concept of user choice. 
Stephen, I, I think what happens here probably is given um, given how awesome this tool is. And by the way, when I when I say that, it's not chest thumping. I give credit to OpenAI for the technology, just to be clear. Um, but given how fantastic the tool is, I think you, that you're going to see a tremendous influx of people on our platform using it. And I think that the net of that will be there are as many or more calls for volunteers when they're needed as well, because I think the size of the community is going to grow. So it's my hope that volunteers actually get calls a little bit more often because they love them. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not really a choice for hands and I to make, right? Mm. That's a choice for the community to, to make about what best serves their needs. And, and, and very bluntly, if that means we disrupt ourselves and disrupt our model, so be it if that's what the community wants. And your message to volunteers, I mean, yes, we know what you're saying to the blind community, which is, look, there are choices. What do you say to volunteers today? Are you, you're still encouraging them to say, look, come on, still sign up, still get involved, still await that call. Um, I think it's, it's very important to remember, at least for now, that uh, the chat function is picture uh, to text. It's not video to text. It might be. I, I expect to, to see that. Um, I don't know, uh, in a year or whatever. Um, but it is, you have to take a picture um, and a live video feed with a volunteer can do um, a lot other things that you cannot kind of do. Uh, uh, I mean, you cannot take a walk down uh, the street um, and, and have uh, uh, this chat function uh, guide you. You need a live person to do that. Uh, that might come. I don't know. But but for now, we absolutely uh, need our volunteers. And I totally agree with Mike that hopefully uh, a lot of people will uh, uh, read about Be My Eyes and, 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 and try it out and find out, oh, this uh, chat thing is uh, amazing or uh, hey, I, I really like the, the volunteers and how they do it, and and, and we will grow our uh, community. I, I have no doubt about that. One other thing, Stephen, I think um, I think we want to do everything we can to take to take good care of our volunteers, um, and we are exploring a host of ways to do that. Um, not the least of which is we have a new customer on our on our platform, which is the uh, AARP, the Retirement Organization in the United States. And I think we can envision a lot of things down the road where where we utilize um, and serve our volunteers and 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 rely on that human kindness that they have in multiple ways that may even go beyond the community of blind and low vision. Um, that's down the road, but 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 um, I, I really hope we can pre- preserve something meaningful because the 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 true beauty of what Hans did here is, is he merged technology with human kindness, right? Mm. Um, and I think we want to try to make sure we foster that in some way over the long term. I, I do want to ask you a little bit around cost because you, you mentioned free and you want to keep the service free as, as, as much as you, I guess, can. Um, but you also do have this side of the business, which is the specialist help, the specialist support, which comes through many companies who pr- that put their own uh, services. There, for example, Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk comes through Be My Eyes. So if I want to connect with someone, I use this a lot. To, you know, oh, my computer's broken down again, or it's coming up with a message it shouldn't have, or whatever it is, and I can get in touch with a, a Microsoft agent who can see it and who can deal with it, and that's brilliant. Now, 
those services, those uh, provisions that are available through the Be My Eyes specialist help, is that what's paying and allowing for this partnership to continue and for us to be able to receive this for free? Is that is that the business model here? Yes, very much so. And I think that we will expand those relationships in terms of the number of the companies as well as the depth. Think about the, uh, the customer service team at any of our customers, Microsoft, Google, Verizon, Barilla, um, the... the these folks staff large call centers, right? And link up with our app to provide this service. Down the road, um, I think we'll have more companies and we're already in discussions with many based on this announcement, as, as I guess you would anticipate. Um, not only to, to direct them uh, you know, efficiently to their existing customer service agents and contact centers, but we may be able to add a layer of the virtual volunteer Within their contact center, wow. right? If you think about your, your, you know, you, you talked about calling Microsoft, right, Stephen? I think it was that you were just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can imagine that a virtual volunteer has ingested every manual and user question that Microsoft has ever received, that virtual helper may be able to, to assist you through your Microsoft need pretty seamlessly in the not too distant future. And so... Or at least help the agent do uh, in a, in a faster exactly. or um, better way. We've got to mention the elephant in the room here, which is Ira, of course, which is the other uh, organisation out there that is doing similar work in the sense that it's providing people to you know blind people who need them. But of course, we're paying for that service. We're paying for that in a quote unquote professional environment. Clearly, that business model is trying to do what you guys have done to some degree. I think with your um, with your specialized support. And I think they're trying to do similar, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about where they're going. Uh, and I think a lot of people are, especially with the, the price rises. But I look at your model, and obviously it is different. I mean, I go back to this point about being able to query the bank statement. I'll be honest, guys. If I'm doing that, I'm doing that with Ira. Of course, you are, and you should never, you should never do that. Uh, and I think we have that in in our uh, terms of agreement. And you should not show your credit card to a stranger. Um, so then you should absolutely use uh, Ira. Uh, and and maybe this will affect the volume at Ira, but there will. Uh, definitely be a need for for iowa um and and also for the volunteers at, at be my eyes and 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 it is kind of similar but it's only very different uh, so it's also very different so i think there is a place for for both uh, models and, and and so on uh, we might have to adjust uh, to the reality in, in in the future but but i'm i'm certain there will absolutely be a, a need for for ira as well um, and, and we should also say in fairness that people don't just use ira for checking bank statements or credit cards they'll also use them for mobility for getting around for navigation and all of those things which are also really key now of course you can do some of that with be my eyes but some people prefer to do it with Ira because they've got the GPS locations and all that. So yeah, there's lots of there's differences between you. You're not the same company, and I think that's important to say. There are similarities, though. And I would say, look, I want to. I, I think I I'm thankful that Ira exists, right? And you know, we've talked with Troy and many people at Ira, and and their you know the service that they provide is valuable. And so I again, I want to thank them. That said, let's be honest. What is the future going to look like? It's probably a wearable that looks good, is lightweight, 
has fantastic real-time functionality to get you through your environment that is powered almost certainly by multiple AI systems. Mm -hmm. I think that's where this has to go. Um, but, but again, as, as Hans said, I think Ira's model and even the existing BMI's volunteer model will always have a place because we as a society, I think many of us are going to have preferences for human interaction at times, even though, you know, there's this, this huge charge to kind of AI everything <laughs> right now. Yeah. And also I think it's important to say, as I, I've often said on the show, it's about tools in the toolbox. You know, the great thing is you don't, you don't, you don't open up the Ira app and the Be My Eyes app deletes itself. You know, you can use both. That's right. Mm. But but I do want to point out that uh, you say you, you can choose between Iowa and, and Be My Eyes, and that is because you, you live in England and you speak English. I mean, we, if you are uh, Italian or Japanese or Russian or whatever, uh, you don't have that choice. So, um, so and that's uh, Be My Eyes is a truly, I mean, we, we can support you in 180 different languages, uh, and we have volunteers for all those languages. Is. Um, and and so so we can truly say that we support the uh, the, the global blind community, um, and and that is uh, I think the, the biggest difference um, because those who can pay well uh, yeah th those people will uh, always get <laughs> the help they need um, uh, but but we are here to support uh, also uh, the the other ones uh, the the. The ninety percent of the blind people in this world, they live in in India and Africa and, and China, um, and and I mean they will most likely not have uh, that much money to uh, to buy uh, paid services. Um, so that's what we are really here for. Um, so. Do you know something, Hans? I'm so glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because you know it's sometimes nice to check your privilege at the door, isn't it? And just say. Yeah, it's all right for me sitting here in the UK with the access to whatever I really, you know, to, within reason want. But not everybody has that. And this is where a service like Be My Eyes is incredible because it's free. Yes, of course, people in the West benefit from it. We all do. But there are many countries in the world that benefit from it in an arguably more meaningful way because they have nothing else. And I should also say... Another thing we haven't even touched on yet is the availability of Be My Eyes on different devices, because it's not just an iPhone. It's not just an Android. It's also on um, the Blanchard Classic 2, if I believe right. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're on a range of different devices, uh, which is also making it more accessible to more people. It just seems to me there's a heck of a lot of options out there. And it's just a really interesting time to be alive and to to see all these changes and and also to see and I think this is the most important bit it comes back to where I started that AI being the next big thing which it already is and blind people being at the forefront of it, it and you guys it must be so excited to be amongst that I can tell you, uh, I was interviewed uh, last week uh, from a, a newspaper here in Denmark, uh, and the journalist was uh, very excited about uh, this uh, thing, and, and he really wanted to become a uh, beta tester. Um, and I said, if you're not blind, you can forget about it. Um, <laughs> and and it, was, um, it was just a... a amazing thing to be able to say that sentence <laughs> um, mm. and um, 
and and so so the fact that we we are in, in the forefront of this is uh, is is really uh, amazing uh, that that we uh, have this uh, position uh, not only as of course for for BMIs but but uh, I believe for for the whole blind community that that this is really something that we we can benefit from and we are in the forefront of it and and what I expect this to grow into is. I mean, a lot of elderly people struggle to navigate their computers, and and if we can put this uh, feature into a computer screen, um, uh, not only uh, blind people can benefit from it, but everybody can can get a super easy uh, explanation, and they can have a conversation with their computer about how to order uh, uh, something, um, and uh, and I, I'm sure this will uh, really change the way we are uh, interacting uh, with, with our uh, online life, uh, especially uh, shopping and, and, and so on, um, because this can really help uh, not only blind people, but everybody, I, I believe. Uh, Mike, I remember years ago presenting a, a a training day for people who were in their 70s and 80s. And I was showing them different types of technology. And I remember putting on the desk a laptop that was turned on and ready to go and an iPad. And I remember everyone going to the iPad and getting all excited and using it, picking it up and touching it and realizing that they could interact with it in a different way. And when I asked, why didn't you use the laptop? They said, way too complicated. Don't have a clue. I'd probably break the thing. And I think we're having another moment like that with AI, mm. that people are now going to not pick up the, <laughs> the, the iPad anymore. They're just going to go straight to a smart speaker or pick up a pair of glasses. You know, they're going to interact, like Hans says, interact with technology in a much simpler way, but still get the same results you would get if you'd had, you know, like in my case, a Lenovo laptop sitting here with a keyboard and mouse, right? You, you don't, you're not going to need that stuff in the future. And people are going to be able to interact and get so much out of their devices. And, you know, like we've been saying, blind people will get the same experience. A hundred percent. I mean, think about it. What is the new coding language? It's speech. Yes. What is the new tool to create a PowerPoint with a couple of plugins in OpenAI? It's speech, right? If, if you can interact with technology by talking to it, and it works and it and you get it to do what you want to do by using your voice it's 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 mind blowing it's conceptually mind blowing to think about the impact of that um as as an equalizer as as a a distribution of power that frankly i don't know that the world's ever seen before well you guys are at the forefront of something huge and you know i'm so glad you're there and I'm so glad that such a wonderful company is involved in, in this because I think we're all going to benefit from it for sure. And I can't wait to test it out on the beta and also for everyone else to try it in a few months' time. Do come back on and tell us how you're getting on and uh, we'll really look forward to hearing more about this in the future as this as this develops. And it just feels like we're probably months away and we'll be there'll be robots taking over our lives, which is fine. Because <laughs> if, if we can get a robot that can just get to the shops and, and get me some KFC, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> um, really interesting, guys, as always. Mike uh, Buckley and uh, Hans Weiberg, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap today. Thank you for having us. Thanks very much, Stephen. Such an incredible conversation. And honestly, it was so great to have Mike and Hans here to talk about uh, Be My Eyes and, and Be My AI. Of course, Mike's been back on a number of times since, 
and giving us regular updates. And I've got to say, that's another thing about this company that really impresses me. The willingness to talk openly and engage with the community. And I think that is the bit of this. I mean, it's part of the story, frankly, that makes this such a success because this is a guy who, you know, Mike Buckley's a guy who wants to engage with our community. Doesn't want to sit in his lofty tower and sit there and say, I'll build something and you can all enjoy it. If you use it, you use it. If you don't, you don't. He actually wants to engage. And I think that's what's endeared him and the company to us because not only is he approachable, he's a great guy. The company's great. The idea's great. And he's fighting to keep it free. And that is mm. in itself incredible. And he, he's fighting so hard. And, of course, that's done through the amazing work, like, for example, of course, the specialized support services that you get through the Be My Eyes app. That's kind of what's paying for it, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. And, you know, long may that continue. And I think that those companies um, – the Googles, the Microsofts, you know, the, the local organizations, sightless organizations, the people who are who are part of that are really, I hope, getting a lot out of it. And if they're not, then we, we need to do a better job of promoting it and we need to do a better job as a community of using those services. Because, look, use them or lose them. That's how it works around here. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I honestly think the, the, the Be My Eyes setup, the team there, are really a model for what I want uh, developers to be. Mm. Uh, the The... The way they interacted when they were bringing in Be My AI, you know, with the extended beta testing, with weekly meetings with the users, the end users, absolutely amazing, those those meetings, by the way. They just listened and asked questions, and the feedback was so good. That interaction is amazing. The way they're looking forward as to how they can improve things, fantastic. And even when they get criticised, you know, they've had a little bit of criticism um, about some things that are out of their control. But even then, you know, Mike's saying about how he can understand it and it sort of shows him how how dependent, maybe that's the wrong word, but how used their service is and how that can affect people when it's, it's not accessible to them, as in the service goes down, for example. I just think their whole attitude to the user is key and that's amazing. Now, you picked up on something earlier that I thought was interesting. So you were talking about the, the fact that you know, Be My Eyes has, in some ways, or Be My AI, I should say, has perhaps endeared more people to the human aspect of Be My Eyes. And I think this is what draws uh, or, or takes us, I guess, to the next stage of this. Because, look, as we move into 2024, there are going to be more apps, more capabilities for devices to use the features that Be My AI had pretty much to itself for a long time, right? Because OpenAI has opened yeah. this up. So yes. the capability, the vision capabilities are now available on, you know, Vision has their version, Celeste Glasses has their version. Seeing Other apps, AI. Yeah, seeing AI, exactly. And of course, why not, right? There's the, the Microsoft put all the money in. So, yes. you know, it seemed fair they get a, you know, a bit of a chance to play. Um, but, you know, what is going to make Be My Eyes able to continue doing this and what will keep people using it? And I think the answer to that is the human aspect because one thing that uh, be my ai is bringing or be my eyes are bringing in through be my ai it's not confusing at all is the ability to connect with volunteers so to get your image checked this is something that's coming in so you know it's let's say you get an image uh, and you query it and you're not entirely 100% convinced by the response you can ask a volunteer so that volunteer can see that image and can talk to you real time and tell you what you want to know. I think that there's even a talk of even just getting like a tick 
you know, to say this is what you think it is, you know, or that description is 100% correct. I think that is actually ingenious because that is taking again, it's just lifting it again above all the other apps and services. Because who else can do that? Who else has got that number of people who'd be willing to do that? I I just think that is going to take Be My Eyes another step forward. And that's that forward thinking is just incredible to me. Absolutely. Um, what were we talking about with AI? You know, there, there's worries about hallucinations and that. And again, you've always had that ability to, you know what, let me just talk to a human instead. That button has always been there, which is fantastic. But mm. now there's a, just a quick, you know what, can I just get someone's opinion on this? And as you said, you will get a quick response to whether they think, yeah, actually the AI is right or not. It's, it's just, again, forward thinking absolutely amazing and there's more features coming up i don't think we can talk about them yet but there's even more features coming up that honestly just shows you how much they're committed to us as the end user yeah i mean it is quite incredible what is going on at be my eyes and you know i do think that companies like ira have got some serious competition here because there was a time when we would say well i was different because it has the professional aspects you know it's got the the, the paid employees that are sitting there, they've got access to GPS data, so great for navigation, all those things. And I think that's certainly true. But I do think companies like Ira have got to start thinking ahead because their pricing model is going up and up and up as a result of the changes. Now, okay, they've pushed back a number of the changes to 2025, which is good. But, you know, for someone like me, for example, whose card expired in the middle and never noticed, and now I'm paying even more money than I was before because I'm yes. you know paying that service you know the, at the new prices the 2025 prices I'm paying a price that isn't even out yet well uh, done yeah I'm, I'm so ahead Early of the game adopter. I yes. am ahead <laughs> of the game in all the wrong ways but you know that this is the problem right and I'm looking at that subscription and I'm thinking I'm paying that money every month and what am, what app am I opening and using more and the answer most of the time is be my eyes to get to be my AI. So I think it's it's on these other organizations, these other companies. It's not just, I mean, I'm not just pinning this to, to Ira. It's the closest service, I guess. I did. It's, they're always going to be compared, right? And, and uh, to be fair, I think they've got different use cases. I would, we, we've talked about before when we've been in the middle of town or traveling and mm. Ira has been invaluable for getting, you know, mobility advice or, you know, I I got lost amongst the wheelie bins on the sidewalk the other day. Couldn't couldn't figure out how to get around them. Open up Ira. And because they are trained and they have that disability, well, I don't know what you call it, training or awareness, you know, you can get straight to it and, and be there. And the GPS, the extra information they have at hand is great. But it's so worth I, the money. But the money is always going to be an issue, the price. And uh, look, it's something I always talk about and I make a joke of it. But quite seriously, it locks a lot of people out. Not many people are going to be able to afford the IRA prices. And it's a real shame. I'm not saying the service is bad, not at all. No, no, but no. no but, accessibility but, but, is more than just a screen reader or labels. It's also how many people can actually use it. good friend of mine was on the show, I think, a year or so ago. Ian Hamilton, BBC journalist. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. If you double the price, my expectation is you get double the service. And mm. that is a really interesting point on all this because you've got to think about what that service becomes. And, you know, looking at the alternatives, okay, there's Envision. There's Celeste are looking to build their own volunteer network. I don't know if that's a good idea. I think it might have missed the boat on that one, if I'm honest. 
I yeah. think, you know, frankly, Be My Ags has kind of cornered that market. And, you know, how are you going to build up? I mean, okay, maybe it's possible. I don't know. But, yeah, you but know, do you want to split the amount of volunteers out? Exactly. Or yeah, do you want the money start competing? <laughs> volunteers competing for services? I mean, that just doesn't yeah. seem right to me. So I, I get it, but I, I think a, a partnership with Be My Eyes would have made a heck of a lot more sense, to be honest. Yes, yes. Who knows what they're thinking. And this is where next year will be interesting. What is going to happen in the new year with all of these these different providers that are all kind of trying their hand and just dipping their toes into the world of AI? The key thing for me with Be My Eyes is that they have been user-led the interface is designed with blind people and the service is great. So there you go. Story of Be My yeah. Eyes. We'll be back soon with even more. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.